Talk Studio, 15 minutes of previews, reviews, and recommendations of rock and roll books, documentaries, and movies. In today's show, I'm going to be taking a look at a book written by a New York Times bestselling author who already wrote a book about the same band and the same time period. It's also about a top five rock and roll band of all time. I know that's a large statement, but it's definitely true to me. Going to preview a documentary that features brand new interviews with Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. We all know that is gold. And the movie is about album covers. Yep. Also have a big, big announcement for Rush fans. So if you're a Rush fan, stick around for that. And then the monthly Don't Miss, the RTS recommendation, all this and a bunch more. And I promise to deliver to you with all the passion of Tom Petty refusing to back down. I'm your host, Big Rick. Let's plug in. Okay, going to kick off the show with a look at the rock and roll documentaries that just came out. And there's really not a lot last month. There is this uh, Imagine Dragons live video that was released on July 14th on Hulu. It features a brief band bio in the beginning, which I think they should have done more with that. They have an interesting story, a rock band from Vegas that started out playing shows on the Strip. That That's a unique story. I would be interested in hearing more about it. But this one is really, it's really just a concert video. The the biggest noise within the rock and roll documentary world came from New York at the Tribeca Film Festival, where a new Santana documentary called Carlos premiered. It's billed, and this is from the website, as a film follows that follows Santana's journey from a 14-year-old street musician to a 10-time Grammy-winning global sensation and features unseen archival footage and music offering an intimate and exhilarating look into the mind of an elemental force of contemporary music. I think that's a pretty good way of describing Santana. No release date has been set, though it has been picked up by Sony, so hopefully we'll be hearing something soon. Carlos is such a great talent. He's got a great story. It's been told in documentaries before. They they are talking and saying this is a different, more intimate look. I think this one has got a lot of potential. I'll definitely keep you up to date when I get more information on this. Now, I teased this one in the intro, and I'm fascinated by this documentary that just came out. I really want to see it. It's a new film called Squaring the Circle, and it's the story of an album art design studio called Hypnosis that tells the story of Storm Thorgerson and Aubrey Poe Powell and the studio that created some of easily the most iconic album covers of all time. We're talking Floyd, Paul McCartney, Zeppelin. The film also features and boasts this brand new interview with uh, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. There's also uh, interviews with the whole uh, Pink Floyd, the living members, Roger Waters, uh, Nick Mason, David Gilmore. Uh, Paul McCartney is also in it. Peter Gabriel, Graham Goldman of 10CC, Noel Gallagher. It was playing at an art house cinema in town. I saw it on the marquee when I drove by, but it only played for a few days, so I missed it. I hope to catch it in a theater and definitely when it starts streaming, squaring the circle. I've got a bunch of new books to recommend. There's a whole lot more to talk about in the world of rock and roll books. That's coming up next. Books. Oh, there's so many good books out right now. I'm going to preview four of them. I'll do a four, three, two, one. And I'll start with something that's a little rare. And it's a new book called This Must Be the Place. 
Music Community and Vanished Spaces in New York City. It's by Jesse Rifkin. It's a it's a really interesting concept that I was drawn to. The story it examines and talks about how real estate and gentrification, community highs and lows of New York City, and how that shaped the city's music scene from folk to house music. The book draws on hundreds of exclusive interviews with a, a real wide range of musicians. You've got uh, a white zombie in there, Sonic Youth. They talked to Peter, Paul, and Mary going way back into the folk time, Sunra, to name a few. So if you're interested in a different kind of rock and roll tale, this one this one definitely has potential. Number three, Geezer Butler's new memoir, Into the Void, From Birth to Black Sabbath and Beyond. This is the official memoir of Geezer. Man, this he's lived a crazy rock and roll life. I'm sure there is a lot to tell, a lot to talk about. Bass player for Black Sabbath, been there, done that. Um, I can't wait to get into this book. I haven't read it yet. I'm just about getting ready to crack it open, but it's on my list for sure. I think to me, this is this is a must, must for for rock and roll fans. Number two, Dylan fans, new book alert. And as a Dylan fan myself. There seems to be like a new Dylan book every month, exploring Dylan from a wide range of, of facets, all different kind of angles. But this, I must say, is different. And it sets itself apart from being just another kind of retread of information, though it, it does contain interviews that have been broached before. So how is this different? Pledging My Time, Conversations with Bob Dylan Band Members by Ray Pageant to me, does a great job of filling in some blanks and expounding on other well-known topics with an interesting array of of Dylan band members and people who've been around Dylan, who most of them don't usually ever say much about Dylan, especially when it comes to playing with him. Author Padgett does a really great job of getting these musicians to open up and talk about what it's like to play and hang and create with Dylan. I'm currently working on getting Ray Paget to come on the show to tell us how he how he did this, how he got all these people to talk about Dylan. No confirmation yet, but I am I am giving it my best. And number one, the big one, the new Allman Brothers book, Brothers and Sisters, the inside story of the album that defined the 70s, the book that explores the time before and after their 1973 release, Brothers and Sisters, that big, big album, their best-selling album. The story looks into how the band was able to deal with not only the death of Dwayne Allman, but also bass player Barry Oakley a year later. It's a very detailed story about how they put a new band together and how they were able to weather so, so much craziness. Author Alan Paul probably knows more than anyone when it comes to the Allman Brothers history. He wrote the best-selling oral history of the band One Way Out back in 2012. And in this book, he he taps a ton of resources and contacts. He even got access to personal interviews from the band's uh, tour mystic, Kirk West, who had done f- interviews with the band 40 years ago. And these, these tapes that he got a hold of, these interviews, have never been shared until now and in this book. I was actually able to talk to Alan. He did an interview on the show about the book and how it all came together. It was a great conversation You can check it out in the archives. It's episode 14. Well worth a listen for any Allman Brothers fan. Alan shares stories about not only the the brothers, but he talks about the Grateful Dead, uh, Cameron Crowe, Jackson Brown, Leonard Skinner, Billy Graham. It's one of the best rock and roll conversations I've ever had.
Oh, before I wrap the book recommendations, I did want to share the big rush news. Lead singer Getty Lee has announced his memoir called My Effin' Life, great title, Getty, to be released November 14th. This will be really interesting to see and read about uh, Getty's life and to see what is different from what we already saw in that great 2010 documentary, Beyond the Lighted Stage. I'm sure it's got a lot more depth. And I'm sure it'll do really well. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I know the Rush fans will come out for this one. It's definitely on my list of must-reads and probably might even end up being the RTS recommended title of the month. Speaking of the RTS recommendation, mine is coming up next. Looking for more recommendations for a good rock and roll book, documentary, or movie? You can check out the past episodes of the show. I've got some good ones in there. You can find them at rocktalkstudio.buzzsprout.com or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Some of the featured RTS recommendations are Credence Crewwater Revival's documentary, Live at Royal Albert Hall. There's another really good doc in there called If These Walls Could Sing. The last few book spotlights fell on Mysteries in the Music, Case Closed, about eight rock and roll mysteries, and the rock and roll detective solves those, get in, gets into it, breaks it all down. Uh, there's a, another great Allman Brothers book out there. It kind of falls in line um, before Brothers and Sisters, the book that just came out. This book is called Play All Night, uh, Dwayne Allman and the Journey to Fillmore East. That's a rock and roll recommendation for sure. And all that's at rocktalkstudio.buzzsprout.com. If you want to get in touch with me, you can send me a recommendation, a question. Shout out to me, Big Rick, at info at rocktalkstudio.com. And now it's time for the RTS Don't Miss recommendation. I do one every month. It's where I go a little bit deeper and really break down a title And this month's spotlight falls on the new Lucinda Williams memoir, Don't Tell Anybody the Secrets I Told You. That one's coming up next. This book has a really interesting start. It starts with an interviewing asking Lucinda Williams, When someone finds this book 50 years from now, what do you want them to find? And Lucinda answers, I want them to see, to really see, to get underneath the covers and see how things really were and not have it be sugar-coated. I don't want it to be one of those sugar-coated books like you find at Walgreens. I want them to see the truth, and I hope that it would help people who may have had some mental illness in their families. I would hope that they can read about it, about what's going on in my family, and be able to connect to it. Well, I'll tell you what, you don't have to worry, Lucinda. No one is going to mistake this book for being sugar-coated. This book is about as real, raw, sweet, and honest as a, as any memoir I've ever read. Right off the bat, the beginning of the book, she transports you right into, as she likes to say, this Southern Gothic environment that's dripping with her drawl. She writes like she's sitting right next to you, and she's just having a candid but very casual conversation with you. Lucinda lived in 12 cities and three countries before she was 18. Her father was this poet. He also was a professor and a salesman, and he loved to gather artists and experiences by mixing different people and culture and having these parties in his home. 
And, and not only did Lucinda have to deal with moving around so much, but she had to deal with, and, and that's really tough for anyone, especially when they're young, but she also had to juggle the challenges of her mother going in and out of hospitals due to mental health issues. Her mother's ha- mental health issues and her relationship for, with her father, those are two subjects that wove in and out throughout the whole story. Her dad was real important. Like I mentioned, he would have these parties. And he was a poet, so she would always send him lyrics to her songs, um, just kind of looking for that approval from her dad. And her relationship with her mother and all the struggles with mental health, and at times they were really, really bad. And just how she was able to process and deal with that is is really interesting. And, and the way she writes about it, however biting and really hard to swallow at times, she seems to be able to kind of take a high road and, and use time as a great way to look back and come to terms as much as she could with these really intense situations. I mean, what she battles would usually end up somewhere in her songs. And that, to me, is what has always made Lucinda Williams such a great artist. Her ability to be just so brutally honest. When you listen to her music, you're listening to her life, and and it's laid out right there, naked, raw, real, and and truthful to her experiences. Speaking it, laying it right out there, Lucinda also puts her love life on full display. She recounts her relationships with a bunch of guys, one being a turbulent relationship with singer Ryan Adams. And true to the book, she goes into a lot of details. Uh, There was also a point in the book where she mentions another fling with a well-known rock star. I'm not going to give that name away. And I kind of felt like that really wasn't necessary. But then again, This book is raw and very honest, and I'm sure she held back a few things, but not much. So I I guess including the name of this rock star just kind of followed with the code of this book. Lay it all out, come straight, names and all, just let it rip. So there is this kind of three major relationships juggled in the story, that of her mom, her dad, and relationships she had with guys. She was married twice and was always on the lookout to her detriment, in her words, for a poet on a motorcycle. Lucinda has always stood apart from other artists, not really on purpose, though her own struggle with battling personal insecurities had definitely held her back at times, no doubt about that. And in early stages of her career, the music industry liked to hang this stigma on her. She was just too country for rock and roll and too rock and roll for country. And even though she built her reputation playing gigs and becoming this lover of the road, she still ended up working day jobs well into her 30s to finally break through all that record company BS. I love the way this book reads. It just has a great pace to it. And because she's so honest, it just pulls you in. I mean, you could read this book in a day. It's it's that... Uh, uh, engaging. I didn't read it in in a day because I I got caught up with listening to her music like I always do. It really just prompted me to go listen to her, a bunch of her music. But it is definitely a book you could you could read in a, in a day. There there's no fluff in this book. It's 250 pages. It's got photographs sprinkled throughout versus kind of like a photo section in the middle. And the end of the book features a very Lucinda thing. It's a few pages that she said she had to add at the last minute. It's a list of things she suggests doing or checking out artists, places, thing. It's, it's kind of cool. I remember when I finished up the book, I, I just said, beautiful. 
because that's what this book is. It's just a really special memoir that gets inside this woman's world and details what it has been like to be an artist from a young, at a really young age. And even though she was on the outside looking in for a long time, she stayed true to her way of doing things. And that that relentless dedication to her art over time grew into a telling story about one of the best known lyricists in music. And, and, and that's what I loved about this book, how she overcame and just stayed true to herself and to her story. And that's my review of Lucinda Williams' memoir, Don't Tell Anybody the Secrets I Told You, the RTS, Don't Miss, Run Out Right Now and Get It, the recommended title for this month. All right, tear it down, pack it up, and head on down the road. Thanks for tuning in to the Rock Talk Studio. Love talking rock and roll and appreciate anyone who takes a few minutes out of their day to enjoy the ride with me. And as always, keep reading, keep watching, keep rocking. <laughs>